0: To the Where Are They podcast. I am your host, Jennifer, and today's episode covers the unsolved disappearance of Benny Battle Jr. from Dixie County, Florida. to us from family of Benny Battle. His case has received little to no coverage in the media, mostly because it seems law enforcement is reluctant to even investigate. Honestly, at first, I thought this might even be a case of over-exaggeration, or perhaps there is just nothing for police to investigate, or for them to believe they have to investigate. But Holy cow, you guys, there is a lot going on here that seems to at least, at the very least, warrant a deeper investigation. In a place where everyone knows everyone, you'd think that would help flesh out the truth. However, in this case, we may be seeing the exact opposite. Everyone seems to want to cover for everyone else, or everyone knows somebody who's involved because it is a small town. And a huge part of this could be that the local sheriff's department has many deputies also that are actually friends with the people in this town and many who even live there themselves. So where does that leave the case of Benny Battle? In just over a year, unfortunately, not much further than it was on day one of Benny missing. So before we get into the circumstances of Benny's disappearance, let's take a quick look at who Benny Battle is. So Benny grew up in Yulee, Florida. And if you're not from Florida, you've never heard of Yulee. I know. Yulee is a small town just north of Jacksonville. In fact, it's almost in the northernmost part of Florida. You could even walk to the Georgia border. One of Benny's favorite things to do while growing up was to go fishing, And there's definitely no shortage of fishing spots on the coast of Florida. And that was a hobby that he took with him through his adult years also. He still loved to fish. He also developed a passion for working out and lifting weights. And you can see this through the photos that he posts on social media. He prided himself on that. He was close to his parents. And even as an adult, kept in regular contact with both of them even often spending time with his dad just sitting around watching TV and chatting and and was close enough with his mom that he talked to her often. As an adult, Benny moved to Old Town, Florida, a small town close to the Gulf of Mexico coast of Florida. The current population of Old Town is around 10,000, but the 2010 census listed it as 15,000. So you can definitely see there's a decrease in population there. Old Town is an unincorporated township in Dixie County and mostly falls under the jurisdiction of the Dixie County Sheriff's Office. Dixie County, Florida also has many, many parks, the Suwanee River, and it's very close to the Cedar Key Wildlife Refuge. Old Town, Florida is about a half an hour from the coast. And you can see there's definitely a lot of water nearby. And I don't know about you guys, but every missing person's case, I always wonder about the bodies of water nearby. I watch the Adventures with a Purpose YouTube channel as they volunteer their time to go out and search rivers, lakes, ponds, and other bodies of water with their sonar equipment. And they take out divers actually do great work. I highly recommend checking them out if you're interested. They document a lot of their searches and how they do it, and it's very interesting, and they have been able to bring closure to a lot of families. So Benny moves to Old Town, Florida. He gets himself in a little trouble with drugs and some petty theft charges, but after a few years of that lifestyle, he decides he wants to turn things around. He has a teenage daughter who he was completely devoted to, and he has one last court charge to clear up and deal with. His last offense, which occurred in the middle of 2018, was still going through the court system in late 2019. And honestly, I do, I hear a lot of people always say they have turned their lives around or they were turning their lives around in a lot of cases like these, but I'm apt to believe that Benny really was trying to. His list of charges seemed to stop in mid-2018, and he really seemed to be doing better. So this is a much more recent case than we usually cover, and that coupled with the fact that there is little to go on for investigation analysis, which make this a difficult case. We talked to some different people involved, and we put together the sequence of events as best as we could. If I get anything incorrect here, I apologize. I just really, really want to get his story out and get his name out there. So now let's go to December of 2019. Benny Battle was last known to be at a home in Old Town, Florida on December 10th, 2019. Benny's niece went to the home that evening to see Benny, but found a bunch of other people there instead. She said she had felt really uncomfortable. They were acting strange and she left. The next day, December 11th, a friend showed up at the home to pick Benny up for his court date, but Benny was not there, so family tried to reach him unsuccessfully throughout the day. I'm sure worry was setting in that he might have returned to some old habits or that something might be wrong or something had happened to him, but they couldn't get any straight answers from anyone and they could not track him down. On December 19th, now a week later, Benny missed his appointment to receive his disability. And his family knew then that something was very, very wrong. So they call the police. Initially, the police blow it off, thinking that he is on the run from a warrant. Remember, he was last seen the day before his court hearing, so it would make sense that he took off to avoid that. Except he has never done anything like that before. And he always stays in touch with his mom. So even if he had, which no one close to him believes, he would have at least reached out to his mom to let her know that he was okay. His niece, who had seen him earlier on December 10th, let his mom know about her weird encounter at that house that evening. And none of the people at the house, however, are willing to talk or they claim they don't know where Benny is, they don't know anything. And Benny's family isn't able to get any answers, at least right away. Pretty soon, however, a couple of people come forward, asking to remain anonymous. They said that in the days that followed Benny's disappearance, they smelled a very foul odor in and around the house. So the family questions the man that had been living there, And he said the smell was from some old nacho cheese that had been left out too long. Interestingly, the day after Benny was last seen, this young man is taken to a hospital and put on a three-day hold. The rumor is that he asked for it and, and it was his idea. And I don't know the specifics of that. But over and over again, he claims that if something had happened to Benny, he couldn't have done it as he was in the hospital. But family knows he went to the hospital the day after Benny was last seen. So, what caused him to go to the hospital? Did something traumatic happen? Or was he in need of what he hoped would be an alibi? It is to this day what he claims as his alibi for not knowing where Benny is. Or is his trip to the hospital completely unrelated and harmless? In the days that followed, a total of seven people would come forward and sign affidavits that they knew that Benny was murdered and they knew who did it. It was also stated by these seven witnesses that his body was wrapped in plastic under the house for two weeks before it was moved. However, even after seeing these documents, these affidavits, the police still refuse to investigate this as a possible homicide or even look into that home as a possible crime scene of something. They never even went out to the home at that point with a cSI team, and in fact, if that's not bad enough, those seven informants asked for their identities to be kept confidential shortly after. The police received those affidavits. Different officers were out and about town drinking coffee with the townspeople that they knew and mingling with them in restaurants and bars, telling them the story of what was going on with Benny Battle and even giving up the names of those witnesses that signed those affidavits. So I don't know the legalities of that, of if they legally needed to be kept confidential. But in any case, whether it's illegal or not, it just seems to be very shady police work or very poor police work. Whether it was intentional or not, it seems to me that that was a mistake on the police's part. So if police won't check out the home, the family decides to see if they can. A family friend reaches out to the owner of the home and learns that they live out of state, but they're renting the house to their son, and they grant Benny's family permission to search the home. In February of 2020, two months after Benny was last seen, the family comes in and brings in search dogs. No police are present because they don't believe there is anything to search for. They are still holding on to the theory that Benny ran off because of his pending court situation. So the family, out of their own accord, brings in search dogs to help them search the home and the property. And sure enough, two different dogs hit on the same spot under the porch of the home. The family immediately calls police out to investigate. And they do come out, but they come out very unprepared. They tell the family up front they don't believe the cadaver dog's hit was credible. They don't believe Benny was or is on the property. And they go in the house with the family together, and they find carpet that has several bloodstains. A police officer, still refusing to call in a CSI team, cuts out some sections of the carpet with a pocket knife. And the private investigator that the family has there helping them notes that he doesn't even clean the knife during this process and in between cuts. In fact, when she puts gloves on and pulls out an evidence kit to collect some hairs and fibers, he essentially rolls his eyes at her. He had no evidence kit, nothing of any kind to indicate they were taking this seriously. The private investigator took some photos, but the police took none. The family later also recovered some bones on the property and turned them into the police. The police said they would send them off to the state crime lab along with the carpet remnants. But to this day, when the family calls the state lab to check, they still have not received any evidence to test. This blows my mind. What is going on there? I know testing And state labs can take a while to process evidence. I know they're often short-staffed and things can take a while to get through the system there. But the fact that they haven't even received it yet is really troublesome to me. Especially if it's possible there could be a murderer on the loose. A witness then reaches out to the family and recounts an incident that they had with a local sheriff deputy. They were speaking to this officer at a local restaurant, and he told this person that they, meaning the sheriff's department, knew for a fact that Benny had been killed and that they even know who did it. It also came to light that some of the deputies in the department are friends with some of the people that were known to frequent and hang out at that house. So as I was researching this case and looking into Benny to just get a better idea of who he is as a person, I came across some information online about an ex-girlfriend he had back in 2017. There were some online social media arguments involving her that seemed pretty heated, and out of curiosity, I started looking into their relationship and who she was. If there is one thing I've learned covering these cases, people seem to go missing or are murdered for money, drugs, or love. Those seem to be the top three. And what I learned when I looked into this, however, was pretty shocking, actually. In May of 2020, this young woman, Cheyenne, was killed in a car accident. She was only 23. She was Benny's ex-girlfriend, according to the family. I don't know how much time had gone by, but they still ran with the same people in the same crowd knew a lot of the same people. She was sitting in a disabled vehicle that was being towed by a rope. As the driver of the truck that was pulling her went around a curve in the road, he accelerated, which somehow swung the car that Cheyenne was in into oncoming traffic. She was struck by an oncoming truck and she died. So the word on the street and in the town and throughout the community is that this was intentional because Cheyenne knew too much about what had happened to Benny. In fact, the driver of the truck was known to be involved in whatever had happened to Benny. It has never been publicly stated who the driver of the truck was, but many of the locals know. So I went down the rabbit hole investigating That name, and there is quite a bit that possibly links back to the DEA and using confidential informants, and this could be an aha moment. Could that be why the police and law enforcement are possibly covering up? It seems this man and even his father had worked with the DEA to some capacity at some time. Is that why law enforcement might be covering something up? They don't want to lose one of their big informants. Now, again, all of this is speculation. Cheyenne's car accident was ruled an accident. And there is no real evidence or proof that that we know of that would lead us to believe otherwise, other than what is being said with the people involved and the people that knew the driver and were close to them and what had happened. Another interesting tidbit of information coming out of Dixie County, Florida, on the evening of January 2nd this year, James Richard Boskey was murdered at the entrance of Horseshoe Beach. If you are watching this on YouTube, I'll put a map up so you can see the proximity to Old Town from Horseshoe Beach, but it's about a 30 to 40 minute drive. James Boskey was killed by a brother of a Riverside Highway Patrol officer. So Dixie County Sheriff, unable to investigate this case, had to call in the FDLE or the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Now, it's important to mention that we don't know the particulars yet of this case. It's still way too new. It is likely they're completely unrelated, but it sure seems that Dixie County, Florida, has some interesting things happening down there. So let's recap some theories in this case. The first theory, Benny ran off to evade a warrant. This is probably true in a lot of cases. We've heard situations where people being threatened of going to jail or having to go to court, they get scared and they take off. But I don't know about this one. Benny was pretty comfortable with the court system and the legal system. He'd been in some troubles before, and it really did look like he was starting to turn things around. And why has he not found a way to reach out to his mom, who has been sick with worry over this? What about leaving behind his teenage daughter and all of his other family members that he was close with? I guess we can't rule this theory out completely, but I just don't know how likely I feel it is. So the second theory is Benny was murdered and the sheriff's office is covering up. There's a lot that kind of points to this. The cadaver dogs hit, the bloody carpet, the seven affidavits, which might be the strongest of all, finding the bones, which we don't know anything about yet since the lab has yet to receive them. It definitely seems like something is up. And to me, those things right there point to foul play or a crime scene of some kind. So the fact that the sheriff's office doesn't seem to be putting a lot of effort into investigating this is kind of shocking. So the next theory is Benny was murdered and the sheriff's department is innocent. Maybe they just truly don't believe he was murdered or maybe they lack the manpower to put a real investigation together in this case. Which, if that is true, that is highly unfortunate that that is even happening. So is this just inept police work? Or a case of those that are close to Benny wanting more and more done that is out of the sheriff's control? So what do you think happened to Benny Battle? Do you think there is a possible cover-up going on in Dixie County? Please, please, please spread the word of Benny Battle's case. His family wants answers so badly, and it seems they can't get help from those that are trained to offer it up best, the law enforcement, the sheriff's department. They're the ones we rely on and go to when we need help in cases like this. As a civilian, we are not trained to investigate properly. We don't have the tools and the resources. So the family taking this on themselves is a huge undertaking, not just time-wise, but financially also. And I'm sure they would give every last minute and dime they had to find out where Benny is. If you have any information as to the whereabouts of Benny Battle, please call the Florida Department of Law Enforcement 850-410-8161 or contact the family at 352-239-2342. Benny's family also has a Facebook page, Help Find Benny Battle. Please go like and share his page. And of course, be sure you are following us on Facebook and Instagram as we will share case updates as we receive them. And this is one we are going to be watching very closely. You can always send us a message there as well, or you can email me at canwefindthem@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you aren't following our new YouTube channel yet, please go check us out there. We will have Benny's story up there very soon, and we will share some photos and maps of the area where Benny was last seen. If you can, please subscribe as well over there. That helps cases rank higher in the searches and helps them gain more exposure. Again, please share Benny's case any way that you can and help get his name out there. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Benny Battle. We will be back next week and until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.